0: All right, anyway. all right. Welcome. <laughs> wait. Uh, I was
1: going to do it. No, oh, I was just going to do it, but you no, sorry. No,
0: no, no. no. We've let's to do it at the No, no. Okay, one, let's all do it at the same time. time. We'll all we'll figure out what
2: we're going to say. Welcome to, welcome to the to John, 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 G John G show. show. That was so
0: slow. I'm your, I'm your host, <laughs> Patrick.
1: Patrick. Oh, wait, wait we're, we're not all, all, all going to say individual Oh, you're going to now. That's pretty good. Ah, dang it. All right. Anyways, anyways, lo- you yeah, lost it. Lost. You were doing well, but you lost it. You're
2: listening to the John Tree Show, hosted by three Korean American adoptees, diving
0: headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean American, and more. And now, here's your host, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. This is another episode of your favorite podcast about Korean adoptees and adoption. Oh, I'm gonna go there. Yeah, we're going there. It's it's your favorite.
2: We're okay.
0: (laughs) But we are back. I am one of your hosts, Nathan Nowak, along with awesome co hosts KJ and Patrick.
1: (laughs) Oh, is that funny? The dictator of the podcast.
0: is it because I hesitated when I said
1: that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what you're gonna else you're gonna add after awesome, uh, but I mean it, it worked. It was fine. Awesomely uh, awesome. How about that?
0: Perfect. How you guys doing?
2: Perfectly acceptable. <laughs> perfectly
0: perfectly perfect. perfect. Perfectly perfect. Well,
2: I don't know about all that. Well, perfectly perfect. We are
0: the John Chi show. We are. If you haven't ever listened to our show, welcome. Uh, we will tell you briefly, Patrick. What does John Chi mean?
1: Uh, so John Chi, as we use it to define the show's title, the John Chi show, I don't know why I just said all that, uh, but John Chi <laughs> means to celebrate, uh, together, usually over food. Um, traditionally it is a coming together to just be in community and kind of catch up and share with your family and your friends, uh, which is what we do on the podcast. Uh, we come together to celebrate, All of our different identities, all of our shared heritages, and we usually do that with a food or drink or snack item, and also sometimes a guest.
0: And we've had a lot of really good guests, a lot of really good food and drinks, and uh, yeah, we're not stopping yet. We got lots more to explore and a lot more people to talk to, So, um, but sometimes we don't talk to anybody. Sometimes we just do a little solo show, and we just talk amongst ourselves
2: yeah um speaking of not talking to anybody uh and talking amongst ourselves we have a live show coming up at the end of the month um super excited over in la Woo-hoo! uh doing Woo! our best to make things safe and fun and uh exciting and we outdoors are really, yeah we're really looking forward to it uh so if you want to come to that go to johnchishow.com slash live and you can uh come and get a ticket or uh, support the show or, you know, whatever. Find out all the details at that. uh, johnchishowcom slash
1: live. Um, Or you can say this isn't for me and hit the back button and just don't even fill it out. Yeah, Yeah. We have a lot of people coming. Uh,
0: I Mm -hmm. mean, we have more than 10, but less than 50. I just
1: told people not to come for the show for some reason. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. (laughs) It's
0: reverse marketing. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Reverse (laughs)
1: psychark marketing.
2: Classic. Okay, it's like when you have a
0: really long line outside of a club. People are like, "Ooh, I want to go there, but I really don't want to stand in line."
2: That's funny. And then you go talk to people, and you're like, "Oh, what are you in line for?" And you're like, "Nothing. I just love being in lines." So
0: maybe we should just wait our let our all the people stand in a line when they come out for the event.
1: A person that just goes and stands <laughs> in long lines and then just is there L- to I be in I just love line. queuing. I just love queuing and talking to people. This is going to be amazing.
2: <laughs> What's your deal? I'm pretty sure that's a story beat in the Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life. <laughs> oh, I'm like 80% positive that that's true. i that to, to look that up. I don't know. Somebody somebody tweeted me and fact-checked me. Yeah. Well, uh, so today we're worry. doing something a little bit different with our solo show because the Olympics are on. And uh, we wanted to take a minute and talk about what it means to... Um, I think, especially for me, what it means to watch the Olympics, be a part of this global moment uh, as third culture kids, um, as people who are Korean and American and exist in kind of that third space. Uh, especially, I think, with it being in Tokyo. Um, I don't know. For me, obviously, it's just like a stone's throw away from our home peninsula. And so uh, there's a lot of cultural analogs um, to Korea and. Yeah, So just curious, uh, have you guys been watching the Olympics? What's been your um, experience with the current Olympics or Olympics previously? I love the Olympics. I'm
0: very uh, happy that they are are still holding it this year and they're doing it safely and are safe as they can. And I've been really enjoying watching all the news about it. And, and just the fact that Japan being so, um, I know it's such a great, Country and the way that they do things. They're very systematic. They're very, um, you know, detailed and just little things like they're. I mean, people joked about it at the beginning. It's like, we're sleeping on cardboard. But, you know, it was because they were made of cardboard beds that were, you know, uh, better for the economy and, uh, you know, not wasteful. And I even saw the report that the metals were made from recycled uh, um, laptops and phones the medals and that. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I just really enjoy watching the, the com- competitions and the, uh, the, I guess what would you call it? The nationality, uh, Patriot. I don't know. What, what am I saying here? The, the, the national country pride. national pride. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> the support of your own country. And you mm-hmm. know, for us, I think we're kind of rooting for two countries, right? I, I don't know. Do you guys root for South Korea when you watch, uh, the Olympics?
1: Well, my whole thing coming out of all of that that you said was how do they recycle phones into the metals that they're using and handing out? I think that's pretty interesting. But we don't have to talk about that. You, you can go read about <laughs> it.
0: I, I, I could just be reading the the headline of a, of a thing. But I was reading about the values of metals and mm. how much they actually are worth. Um, and, and they're not like the gold is not a full solid brick gold. It's, you know, Dude,
2: that would be ridiculous. Part yeah. of its phone.
0: It's, so. yeah part of
2: it's, <laughs> part
1: a, bit, of it's a lot
0: electronic. of it's silver <laughs> <laughs> i guess silver and it's gold plated but you know they're, they're still worth something
1: i do feel like i saw an article that said uh the olympic committee's told, or is telling the athletes that you can't eat the medals because everybody <laughs> likes bites puts it when they people like put it in their <laughs> mouth which people obviously i don't think think that you can eat them uh yeah. and this maybe have been an onion headline maybe now that I'm thinking about it, is that an onion thing? It's
0: <laughs> true. Yeah. Could I could have swore I saw be. it
1: on CNN or something, but Don't it very be much, well it could have been from the onion. onion. To be well fair, these medals do
0: kind of look like a wrapped chocolate, like a York pepper and patty really kind of thing.
1: So. I think the metal came first, though. I think the chocolate was emulating the metal <laughs> in that way. Anyways, to Nathan, uh, to, to answer your actual question. question which came question,
2: first, the chocolate or the metal? <laughs>
1: <laughs> to answer your actual question, um, I've always kind of... I've, I don't know. I think I was hyper uh, patriotic back in the day and would always root for America. And then I think there was one year where South Korea was women's soccer was really good, I think. And they I don't know if they won in the Olympics or but I think they were playing really well. I remember that being the year that I rooted for both and then would kind of start doing that. And I think I have kind of the same now. I'm more rooting for the individual athletes versus necessarily rooting for the U.S. or for Korea. Um, and I think that honestly kind of speaks to that in betweenness uh of being an adoptee for me specifically. Um, and just I don't know, just thinking about it in that way. I hadn't really thought about it before, but yeah. Um uh, kind of rooting for the pe the individuals involved.
2: I messaged one of my friends who is Japanese and uh her parents are immigrants and, and I was like, is your family very into the Olympics or are they whatever about it? Like, do you feel anything uh, you know, special about it being in Tokyo? Do you like care more if you don't, you know, because, uh, you know, we weren't friends by the time the last Summer Olympics were around. um And so, like, I didn't even know her. Uh, so, just, I have no idea where she stood on the Olympics, but just curious on her take, especially um because I know that she's wrestled with some of the same things that we have about, like, we're, I mean, we're for her, she's like a generation removed, but whatever. We're removed from kind of our ethnic roots. And so, being raised in America, but having, ethnic roots being a part of the asian diaspora um and thinking about like so how do you go about navigating kind of this thing is is interesting so just curious to see her take and she was like yeah i don't know whether i should root for japan or for america and i was like oh you should just root for japan and english and root for america and japanese <laughs> there
1: <you go>. um, <laughs> but i think that's something that you see that uh playing out in the headlines of like naomi osaka going and uh playing for japan and people are like well, you lived in America your whole life. Why would you do that? And it's like, well, she's still Japanese. Like, just because she was raised in America doesn't, like, immediately remove your ethnic heritage. You know, you, like, and that's, again, something that just, I felt, was very parallel. And I guess maybe because I've been watching a lot of, like, Naomi Osaka stuff lately. Um, but just really thinking about how outside forces uh, e- can easily conspire to, like, remove you, remove you or pieces of you. Uh, just because it suits what they want it to suit. And, you know, it's like when you, I don't know, it's weird to see it. I guess it's not weird, but really it's weird to be cognizant and aware of that in my own self and then see it play out in these like huge name athletes on a global stage.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, you know, I think the same thing and opposite, you know, with uh, Suni Lee and uh, Yul Moldauer, um, like here are Uh, Asian American gymnasts Um, one is Hmong American the other is uh, a cad like us you know and so just thinking about those blended identities and even like now that my Instagram has become very uh, Asian adoptee centric in my feed and stuff and and thinking about that like how much pride there is and like extra pride I feel now um, when an Asian American achieves greatness you know versus like Uh, I don't know, like Caleb Dressel or Katie Ledecky in swimming. And you're just like, I mean, that's cool. Hooray, you know, but then, yeah, there is just kind of this extra nuance of, I guess, kind of that fourth, I don't know if you can call it a fourth culture, but like that subculture of Asian America. Right. And so I think it's just a, it is an interesting kind of way to, for me to navigate, um, how I think about the Olympics. Like on the one hand, uh, I watch it because I have live TV, (laughs) which I have not had before. Um, I mean, it's bundled into the rent. So (laughs) whether or not I had a choice (laughs) or not. Um, But like, so like I watch it, but then also um, I seem, I somehow care less about it. Like I feel like this whole year for me, I feel less patriotic because I've been given a more critical worldview to think about America just in the past 18 months. And certainly the way that I and moving through being an American, and and thinking through, I think as much as Asian Americans are thinking about what it means to be American, like we're all kind of thinking about what does it mean to be American. And so, you, I don't know, I just think that sports events kind of draw out a unique level of that uh, that question. True. Yeah,
1: I think the I think the other thing too for me is especially over this last year, being on this journey of like understanding my identities and really understanding how narrative plays into a lot of the ways that, uh, public opinion is shaped. I know I posted about this last week, but I've been seeing more cause there's like, I think I've counted four, um, American adoptees who are in the Olympics and at least one in Canada. And I think there are even more. Um, who are competing this year, and I think that's awesome. And obviously, like we said, you know, or as I said, rooting for the individual uh, as opposed to necessarily more nationalistic rooting. I thought that I think with everything that I've been thinking about in terms of how we talk about uh, adoptee experiences, really worrying about how the adoptee experience is going to be talked about post these Olympics, I think we're already seeing that in certain articles about Margaret McNeil and Jordan Wendell, where it's very much the playing into the savior narrative and really the super positive aspects of adoption that, I don't know, I think that we've been, or at least I have been trying to push back against a little and just shining a light on the other stories. You know, and like something that we do on the show is like we tell stories from all across the spectrum. And so really, you know, it worries me because... It's fuel for the fires of the things that continue to perpetuate the uh, the positivity. And I'm not saying that you can't be positive, but it's easy to point here and say this is this is the right way because these are Olympians and look at where they've made it. Um, and it seems more detrimental when you try and say, "Well, my experience hasn't been like that," and you get put down for being, you know, angry or ungrateful or whatever. And so I think that that's something else I've been looking at in terms of the Olympics this year in particular is just, what are those narratives that spin out of the stories of the individuals that are competing specifically for the adoptees? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, especially with the Toyota commercial with Jessica Long, uh, the Paralympian.
1: Oh yeah, you know, exactly.
2: Um, and so like seeing that every other commercial break just makes me like, this is annoying. And I mean, it's a good story for her. It's not certainly right. not everybody's story. And also like, Jessica doesn't even say anything. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? So, uh, I shouldn't say, uh, Miss Long doesn't even say, uh, not like we're on a first name basis, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that, that, that does add some, just like, I don't even know, like if I'm being honest, I don't even know what I think or what I believe. And it still makes me bristle. Uh, I guess just, I wish that it was, I wish that it was different. I wish that the narrative was different. Um, and I, and I don't know that the Olympics are a place at all to talk about adoption,
1: you know? Right. Like why is that even exactly. Why is that something that's pushed through uh and saying, hey, because I know you gotta like talk about your backstory and your origin or whatever. And I realize that at the end of the day, that's gonna play into it. You're always that's always gonna be talked about. But it's not like if this person wasn't saved from here, like this is impossible. They never could have been this, you know, it's like, it takes away from the individual's agency as like an athlete, as like, this is what you work for to do and accomplish. Um, but it also, it also puts down all the other people who, um, do get adopted who don't have the positive experience, you know, and that's the, that's the side of that's the side of the story that we're not hearing that we never hear. So Mm -hmm. that's just where my worry lies in that.
0: I'm curious if some of the media does it. I mean, you know, everyone likes to relate to a story, you know, or a person, especially a a professional athlete. So when they hear stories about, oh, this person is Hmong or this person is an adoptee, um, it just makes it so that other people can connect more with those people. And and I know that they're hopefully not doing it for malicious reasons and, you know, just trying to up their ratings, but they're doing it to, to include everybody, to um, to get everyone on board with like, you know, supporting these people. Um, for, for example, you know, Yule is actually from Colorado. And so I see a lot of, uh, my news stories on my feed pop up saying, Oh, you know, this, you know, he's from Arvada, or, you know, he was in Fort Collins and Wheat Ridge. I don't know. Like, I don't even know where he specifically originated from. It looks like he's moved around a lot, but, um, but Coloradoans are supporting him because he's from Colorado. Um you know the Hmong community supports uh, Sunni Lee because you know she, she talks about it and and there something I read about that was an interesting story was that because the, the Hmong people um are not from a specific country they're from multiple countries or region um they they said that they were happy to uh, relate to that being Hmong versus relating to a country because they don't have a country specific so um so that's kind of an interesting um you know and then of course more recently too the or the one that I read about the Philippines winning their first uh medal in a hundred years um for weightlifting uh that you know Miss Diaz is that's a pretty amazing feat. And uh so I, I, I have a bunch of Filipino friends and my Facebook was just lit up with support for her. Um and that's I think that's really cool. I really enjoy seeing that. So Yeah. And back to answer my own question earlier too, (laughs) by the way, uh, since you guys didn't ask, you didn't ask me my question if I'm rooting for America or, you know, USA or (laughs) or, South Korea. Uh, when I used to play, when I used to play video games, you know, the Olympic video games or sports games, sometimes I would, I would select South Korea as my video game flag or origin. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes I'd select the USA as that option, but, uh, um yeah they're doing fairly well i do like to support both uh, countries on that even though the u.s usually brings in a lot more medals but again it's like you said it's not really about that i don't i don't look at it as a total quantity of medals i look at it the individual athletes and what they're doing so that's been cool
2: i definitely do the same thing with video games uh like if i build a character in fifa to go play sports ball i uh either he's korean like especially if it's a coach right like he's korean but i have him coach like the us national team or whatever or he's american and he goes to like coach the south yeah. korean national team you know or like i use my uh korean name which actually side note uh it is really wonderful to be able to hear my own surname called when my character is played that's soon. pretty cool that's a that's, that's a fun like cool. oh yeah you know whatever so
0: that's so cool. then how, for the olympics this year how were you when the uh uh, U.S. played Korea for the soccer.
2: I didn't watch it. Oh, was I haven't game? been able to watch like any of the. I don't think so. I don't think they were in the same but, group. I thought it was. Yeah, I
1: didn't think so either. Was that expi- exhibition? Um, maybe.
2: Yeah, what? I don't know. But I, I haven't been able to watch. And I think this is actually the, the bummer of how. Oh, sorry. Baseball. My fault. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. I baseball. don't watch baseball. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's the bummer of like how. The Olympics are being broadcast this year. Is it is so just like America centric, and you like don't get to watch a lot of things live, and so then your coverage, like primetime coverage, is super edited, and Mm -hmm. you know it's just the whole whole thing. So it feels it takes away from the fun of it because it's just like deeply American. I'm like, I mean, that's fine, but also I want to see how like I can't. It's much harder for me to keep up with how Korea is doing because they're just like, well, here we've chopped and changed and made everything deeply american so hmm. you know it is what it is but i, I mean, think it is it's hard to no i know like that's just a byproduct of living in a country don't say nothing in, more but, american
1: than making it about ourselves
2: <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's it's just interesting and not to drag the olympics but i just wonder some of the things that i've been reading you know i think there's the double whammy for me in the uh toyota commercial of the adoptee that fact that she's also a paralympiad right that she's disabled um and thinking about um you know like uh Ibram Kendi writes about like the exceptional black body you know and I think uh we talk about or I've seen talked about in adoptee spaces or disabled spaces like the exceptionalism um and how that can be really harmful um and so like the Olympics are kind of like based in exceptionalism (laughs) so like you kind of only see exceptional people and I get that those stories are really inspiring, but like the double whammy for me of being adopted and disabled and then seeing uh, my voice being doubly just negated um, is, is interesting. And I think that's another reason, like I'm still, I'm still wrestling with what it, what that exceptionalism means um, and how that like
1: pushes me to,
2: I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I, I think I I definitely get where you're coming from. I think that one of the I think there's a I don't know what the right way is, but I think there's an appropriate way to lift up exceptionalism and especially in terms of like athletics. And then there's a whole other realm of like using it to exploit either that individual or group of people to for gain. Um, and I think I don't know how popular this is going to be, but I think something I've always kind of thought uh, over this past year or thought I've developed is that like the Asian adoptee is kind of the model within the model minority. And I really think about that when I think of how adoptee stories are presented specifically, because it's like it's it's saying that the adoptee is exceptional, one, for being adopted 2 they're also an Asian adoptee. So you have all of the stereotypes that come with Asians of being very uh, submissive and uh, really assimil- uh, assimilative, assimilative. Um, and things like that. And so, and then all of that is now pitted up against you and is used to prop up what you have done. That's exceptional in the athletic world, you know, in an athletic achievement. And I think that's where, I think that's where I struggle and wrestle with it. And not so much that it's, I think the struggle for me is like, how, like, how can I invest my time in this when I know like what my dollar, my watching my viewership like that value uh, just feeds back into this whenever I engage with that commercial or engage with uh, an ad that pops up on my, uh, when I'm browsing on the internet and stuff like that. And so I think I wrestle with it because it's like, I see it, but how, like, what do we do to combat that besides what we've already been doing? And I think obviously talking about it is one of those ways, but I mean, I definitely get where you're coming from. Like trying to really struggling with trying to just, I don't know. Is it rationalizing? Is it justifying like that type of exceptionalism or is it more just like how do I how do I balance the two or manage the two or the ways that I feel about the two? Maybe I don't I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I think
2: certainly within um, disabled athlete athletics portrayed in um, able bodied media you know, it's always like, oh, well, look at this person who doesn't have legs and how they just run and they overcome, you know, whatever, look, whatever it is. And I think like, like being an Olympian is freaking hard. Uh, whether that's being an able-bodied Olympian or a Paralympian, you know, like it's, that's a tough journey. And, um, I think if you just normalize like, yeah, this person doesn't have legs, but also look at how much they, like how much work they put in to get to um, the elite level that they're in. Like that story in and of itself is exceptional without it being about, oh, but they don't even have legs. or exactly. you know. And I think that, I, I don't know, like even thinking about like my own musical journey, um, as I was like learning how to play music and do those things, I think a lot of people in my life are like, oh man, you know, when I first saw your hand, I was like, you, you know, it's probably like, you, you can play guitar but then you started playing and then it was just like I couldn't even and then with your hand too and I'm like no you don't you didn't have to add that last bit you could have right. just stopped it I'm a. you think that I'm a good guitar player and that would have been fine you know yeah. but like adding that last bit it's just like people already say you know like that oh, i wish i could play guitar and then like and i can't even imagine like you don't need to it's just it's hard for everyone like it's it's the same amount of work like my work is no different than your work i can't imagine learning to play guitar with 10 fingers so you know like but i don't you don't see me making you exceptional and whatever so i think it it is interesting and so i think the i think the part of me that bristles then about the adoption is that implied like well she would have had a terrible life if it right. weren't for adoption mm-hmm. like, right? you don't know. I mean, maybe she would have, but also maybe she wouldn't have, you yeah. know, and, and who knows? Yeah. And it does just kind of make the, the parents are like, you could save a child. I'm like, I mean, exactly. Yes. And it is possible for the child to, you know, like there are plenty of uh stories that we hear that where that adoption doesn't go well. There are plenty of stories where people don't get adopted and, and they're okay. And you know, like just that, that range um, is, is so important. So
0: additional story that's, been coming out a lot in the news that i've read uh, was of course simone biles and her uh, um exit from uh, you know the a few of the competitions and stuff and i really appreciated that they they focused on the mental health aspect of it uh, because i think they a lot of people don't talk about that you know and they don't i mean especially in professional athletes i mean it like you said it is hard to be a professional you know olympian I uh, wouldn't call it a professional, I guess, just, just to be an Olympian, right. Just to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, so good at any sport. And then to think about the pressures and, and stuff that you have to live up to. Yeah. Mental health is going to be very important and, that uh, they taught, talked about it. I feel more this time, um, than I've seen in the, the past. Um, what, what have you guys been reading about that?
1: Well, I mean, I think, yeah, you're, I think being an elite level or professional level athlete is definitely one thing that comes with the pressures. Simone Biles is walking around at age 24 with the greatest of all time title and one of the greatest Olympian uh, gymnasts that has ever, that has literally walked the planet at 24. And then she's like, I need to take a break and we're going to sit here and rail against her for doing that. Like, that's, that completely is, blows my mind like I almost can't even wrap my head around it the same thing with Naomi Osaka like you see you cheer someone on to get to the top and then as soon as something as soon as you see them break under the pressure even once like it's immediately you call the dogs and I just don't I just don't understand it especially for fathers of daughters how can you how could you sit there and like criticize someone, a a young girl for being like the pressure of the world stage is too much. And not only that for Simone Biles, she's going through the Larry Nassar shit that she's going through, uh, injuries trying to do that and then trying to come back to the Olympics four years later and compete at the same level. I, I mean, I freaking have mental breakdowns just walking through my house sometimes and I don't have cameras or people constantly, digesting that um and she and she is not only that she's black so she's got to deal with all of the extra all of the extra oppression all of the extra attention being on that specific quality for no other reason than people hate it and i hate to say that but that's just the world that we live in um and for me i mean it's just honestly it's made me super furious because it honestly reminds me when jeremy lynn broke into the nba with the knicks Uh, I'll never forget. I think it was like it was the first game that he played bad. And I was I just happened to be on ESPN. And the article title that came out said a chink in the armor question mark. Mm -hmm. And it was up there for about five minutes and they took it down. And I just remember thinking and this was before I even started thinking about myself as Asian. Like, what the like, what the heck? Like what? What like what is this? And that's Jeremy Lin, just like coming up out, like coming up uh, out of nowhere, out of Harvard, playing his way into the NBA, then dominating. And he did it for in that time period, very short stretch of time. And he's already having all of this attention and pressure. I mean, playing in New York, obviously, but I just, re- I just remember thinking that um, when I saw all these attacks start coming in on Simone, I was just like, this ridiculous. It's like. These are young people who are being attacked now, most likely by people 35 years and older who I'm not even going to speak on why they're doing, why are they're doing that? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like, what are you doing like what 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 are you really complaining about and that's my thing sorry I got so hot but.
0: no that's fine I just to add to your hotness or to, to simmer <laughs> down <laughs> to simmer down your hotness it was oh, JK I, I started to talk about it but I was referring to the positive things that people have come oh, out my about bad. it yeah and say, you
2: did say positive no but stuff. you I mean you did no I think I'm that's glad right. that
0: you yeah that I'm glad that you got hot about it because that is the case there was a lot of people that were um, criticizing it. And then there was a lot of people supporting her and really giving her a lot of encouragement and saying, um, you know, yes, take your time this, you know, and they were bashing the people and calling the people out for being, uh, you know, um, the way they were and, and, and just saying, Hey, step back, you know? And so that I really appreciated, um, that people were actually accepting the mental health aspect of it and saying, you guys need to like back off. Um, and like you're saying, I mean, you're getting all hot about it. And I think (laughs) a lot of people did. And so, uh, I think, I think that's great. And there's other cases. I mean, think there's a lot of situations in the Olympics this, this time that I feel have become a a news story posts about racism and calling it out, uh, reporters, you know, making comments about, um, not just Asians, but about other countries and making some uh, comments on air about, um stuff that you know should not be on air uh you know i don't know if you also heard about the archery one there was one about the font that was used it was like a, a chinese takeout box font oh that they used so for her dumb. name and like right there i mean people called that one out uh so the fact that it's it's becoming more aware that hey you guys need to to you know <laughs> Stop being so racist. Be better
2: humans. Be better humans,
0: exactly. I think is is amazing that this year, I feel there's been a lot more of that than there has been in the past.
2: Yeah. Well, and to to Goldilocks it, um, I think... Like it is really great that uh, from the top, I think a lot of the language has been very supportive of Simone Biles, Um, and and I am super angry about how people just like don't even think about the pressures. Like if if I see a young person, not that I'm like so far removed from this, but if I hear somebody going through a quarter life crisis, basically anyone in their twenties, and they're like, "I don't know what to do with my life," you know, like that's hard enough because like it is just being alive is hard, and the fact that yeah, Simone Biles is not even 25 and she has the goat tag and she has you know, hopefully three quarters of her life yet to live. Um, and then on top of that, the pandemic. And like, I, we see this all the time in soccer, right? That when when stadiums are empty, there are some players who just don't perform well when there isn't a crowd. And like, you think about like, like whenever they cut to um, SUNY Lee's family and like her whole community, like packed, jam-packed into a living room, you know? And they're like texting everybody like that that is, like it takes a whole village, right? There's a whole support system. So like, I think that uh, Simone Biles, being the competitor that she is, maybe she just needs that whole atmosphere, and and losing that has like kind of offset her mentally. You know that like to just say that like oh yeah, like the first world is coming out of the pandemic, you know, or whatever the developed. I don't know what the better way of saying that is anymore, but you know, um, well well developed modern nations, whatever, uh, is coming out of the pandemic while other nations who are competing, like they're. Na- their countries are still being ravaged by the pandemic, you know, like that's so much added pressure on top of it being quiet in stadiums on top of it and so you know, like I'm sure that that's helpful for some athletes and really detrimental to other athletes um so it's just it's a whole a whole situation and um it, I think it is just important to remember that athletes are human beings, and I think especially when you put into like the chances of you um like so many of them are younger than we are or um i mean like the Uh, Russian Olympic committee gymnasts who are like 16, 17, 18, like can't even believe that they are performing, uh, like they are, you know, and just having grace and compassion for like, yeah, what they're going through is hard. And then also it's still a pandemic and also like their environment is so different, you know? And so that's just, that's tough. Um, but yeah, I just, it's interesting, um, going through the Olympics this year. And I think being on the journeys that we've been on, you know, uh, is i just have such a different interaction and i hope i guess really um my hope in in having this episode be the way it is uh obviously it's a break in form but um you know one of the things that we're we want this show to be is to a uh, place to find language and um i needed to to have a moment to try to sort out what i was feeling and i'm not really an external processor but i needed i mean i needed you guys to help me think through like I have these feelings and I don't have the language for it, but I'm experiencing this thing with the Olympics and I know that I can't be alone. Um, you know like we see like like we have found there's so much power in community and so having other voices of people who are on similar journeys like i don't know of i mean i haven't really paid attention i'm sure that there are some people but like generally what i've seen from other Olympiads supporting simone biles is like totally understand do what you need to do be safe right that like the, the people who deeply get her journey are 100 behind her yeah. you know and so for us i think like even as viewers, it still is a moment. Obviously, mental health is a huge concern in the CAD community. I shouldn't say obviously. Mental health is a huge concern in the CAD community and in so many other communities. Um, So just thinking about that and being able to process that, I think is important. And uh, the Olympics are really fun. Uh, I've loved seeing surfing and skateboarding. Uh, I think that's been been really fantastic additions. Um, But I think that it allows us to have a, a critical moment in in our, how we think about the culture, how we think about how we want to navigate and um, push for change in this land that we live in, and uh, this land that we have a complicated, unique relationship with, and then also how we celebrate, you know, South Korea. If we celebrate celebrate South Korea or like for me generally, my I root for like USA, then Korea, then England. Those are like kind of my fallbacks just because England is another English speaking country. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? It's just like, it is what it is. So maybe Canada is there at some point. So um, yeah, thanks for talking with me about this. Uh, if, if you have any further thoughts on, on this, I'd love to hear yes, it. Yes,
0: I have one serious question. Favorite sport in the Olympics? What is it?
2: I mean, I love gymnastics. I love uh, beach volleyball. I'm gonna say those are my top two. Patrick.
1: Um, I like swimming. Uh, I like baseball, but not Olympic baseball. I like I, I like <laughs> basketball. I think the Olympics in basketball is very it's interesting. Favorite sport. Um, but yeah, I'll say I'll say swimming. Tall. Swimming is fun. I'm not a yeah. good swimmer, but I like do like watching the swimming in the yeah. Olympics. You? I enjoy the obscure
0: sports. He so likes table s- tennis yeah obviously. table tennis obvious that's uh that's of course that's always fun to watch. um we've been watching uh the speed climbing and, oh, that's cool and some of the the I mean just the synchronized diving um just some of the ones that you're normally not watching and there's there's a few more uh, Taekwondo because my son is in Taekwondo, which really when you watch it at a competitive level it is just foot fencing. But um, <laughs> but it's very interesting to uh, to see some of these co- competitions. I mean, they're so um, so amazing. and I mean, the speed climbing, if you haven't watched that, go watch a clip. It looks like they're flying. Like I really do not know how they get up that wall so quick. But uh, yeah, it's been really cool. The synchronized diving is just kind of funny because you're like, how do they do that? Like how do they jump at exactly the same time and rotate at exactly the same speed? And have zero splash at the bottom.
1: I will say I was watching fencing the other day, and it was very entertaining. Had no idea what mm-hmm. was going on. Every moment I felt like I understood what was happening. It, I can put. It was like something happened. I was like, nope, that's that's not what was they were doing there. It Dude, was I very fencing in college,
2: and it is hard. I like, believe even it. Even at a at a sure. very basic amateur level, with that foil particularly yeah. foils yeah um, because they're so flimsy i'm just like this how do you even do anything
0: i, so, I know how are they tapping like you know you have to make contact to make the points right but yeah, yeah but sometimes it looks hard.
1: like you they hit them and they they're not yeah. like how do they the person because the person is like hitting the thing and saying right, it, right? Yep. there's not because yep. i thought it was sensors at first but it's not sensors that's just super weird it was yeah, cool cool no doubt. that's why i say I, I like, like, I like watching the obscure the body ones that are in inbounds,
2: like you oh, can't like not every part of the body is inbounds. Right, that's what I learned in my fencing class. Yeah, it's wild. see the the commentators
1: terrible. I'll say this, Olympic Committee, <laughs> your fencing commentators <laughs> did not share anything about how what was going on. So get that short up. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, this
0: has been fun. No, I just I'm curious because I, I I really do enjoy watching it, and you know I've been yeah, playing a I little. I mean, bit. I do
2: too. I think that yeah, they're fun, and yeah, as much as we just dragged the Olympics, they're still really
1: fun to watch. yeah right?
2: <laughs> It's
1: fun to watch sport and people yeah, that are good yes. at their sport. All right. Exactly.
2: Well, this has been the Olympic chat with the John Chi boys. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. Like I said, we're, we're thinking about what we can uh, change to shift to as we move into year two of the John Chi show. Uh, literally cannot believe we're almost one year old. So please, if you can, if you're able, we would love to have you uh, come and celebrate with us. Uh, our one year birthday, help us throw a proper Chi for The John G Show, uh, which is out in L.A. You can uh, check out all the deals for that at com slash live. If you want to get into August in the 29th. Days, oh, oh, yeah, right. I should probably say that's when it's happening. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Nathan, I appreciate that you always have my back, man. I got the details. Uh,
0: it's okay. You you get, you get come with the, the fire, and I'll just throw in like, a few details.
2: And I'll just sprinkle in some water. Yeah. And I'll be mad. <laughs> oh wait is that
1: the fire is that the fire happy
2: staying mad you know what i'm saying hey anyways uh so yeah august 29th will be out in la we'd love to see you out there uh or you know whatever just send us some, some birthday wishes at uh, com slash live. If you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, follow us on social media. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to say this. Thank you for following us on social media at John C. Show on Facebook, in- Instagram, Twitter, etc. Uh, Thank you for sending us an email at John Show at media.com. We love being able to read those um, emails and, and hear from people. Uh, thank you for leaving us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. That means a lot to us and helps other people find the show. And thank you so much for telling a friend about our show uh and even if you had to lie to them to say like uh hey this is you know whatever uh whatever gets them there i appreciate it um yeah so thank you for really just for spreading the word and supporting us it means it absolutely means the world to us and um i certainly i don't know i mean like i hope that we would go forever and the fact that we're coming up on year one um the close of year one really means a lot to me so uh seriously thank you um you can Find us individually uh, at our social handles, which I will give out right now. Uh, for myself, <laughs> I am at KJ Relke on all of the social platforms and Noak. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Atlantic. At N-no-ok and Noak and Noak at all places. No, I don't. know <laughs> And Noak on Instagram. I mean, you know, I'm Nathan Noak on Facebook.
1: Uh, and I'm at Patrick in the World on Instagram. Is where you can find me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is it for
2: this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Until then, Junshi, heyo. hey-o. hey-o. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: do <laughs> do <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice